Good morning. It's wonderful to be with you. I'm sorry I'm not with you in person today, but hopefully this will still be an encouragement to you. Today I want to look at John chapter 20, verse 19 to 23, and particularly look at it in light of lockdown and coming out of lockdown. It's a story in which the disciples are in lockdown. They've been with Jesus in the garden and witnessed him being arrested. Some of them had followed him to the high priest's courtyard and had watched Peter or been there when Peter denied knowing Jesus. Presumably they also witnessed some of the interaction with Pilate and they saw the crowds crying to release Barabbas when Pilate asked them for a decision. They followed by seeing Jesus' abuse and the devastating circumstances of his crucifixion and death. It's a disastrous mess into which our text comes. So let me read the text in John 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. It's a well-known story, a well-known episode, post-resurrection appearance of Jesus. I'm not going to dig into all the details today. We don't have time. But I wanted to particularly look at it with reference to lockdown and coming out of lockdown. Here are the disciples now sitting behind locked doors. In some ways, a self-imposed lockdown, still confused about what has just taken place. Perhaps John himself is one disciple who has a little bit of an idea as in verse 8 of this chapter he says it went, he went to the empty tomb, saw the grave clothes lying there and he believed. So maybe he's starting to get a bit of an inkling. But although Mary has told all the disciples about her experience of the resurrected Christ, here they are afraid. All they really know is the last time they saw Jesus, he was hanging on a cross, dying. History, as they had interpreted, had not gone as they had expected. They likely thought that Jesus was the Messiah, who would usher in the kingdom of God. They were looking for freedom, freedom from their enemies, freedom to run and govern their land in the way they wanted. Freedom, perhaps meaning power over others. But it had all come crashing down as far as they could tell. They must have been wrong, following the wrong person. He can't have been the Messiah, or so they thought. In spite of all that Jesus had said to them whilst they were still with him before his death, they were not expecting his death, and certainly not his resurrection. So we have that sense of loss, of confusion, of fear, that must have been raging through the disciples' minds. Perhaps they also feared that they would be swept up with and dealt in a similar way if they were found to be Jesus' followers. What were your expectations at the beginning of this year? Holidays planned, people you were going to visit, places you were going to go. We had a wedding booked for the 1st of August that has now been postponed for a year. We're all left, aren't we, wondering how long will this go on for and whether life will ever be as we expected. Many Maybe some of us are in fear. 
We're afraid that if we show our faces and interact again in society that maybe we'll catch the virus. And of course, some of us are more vulnerable than others. And fear can easily rule. We can impose a self-imposed lockdown even when things start to ease. Now, of course, for some of us, that might be the right course of action. But still better to do it from a place of faith than fear. It's into that setting then that this appearance of Jesus after his resurrection occurs. Resurrection always follows death. Can you hear how dumb a statement that is? It's obvious, isn't it? How can we have resurrection unless there's been death? We wish it could be otherwise, don't we? We wish that all the life, the excitement, the potential, the opportunity of resurrection could somehow be there without suffering and without death. But that's not the way of resurrection, mostly. We wouldn't write the story in this way, would we? We'd have had Jesus winning a different way. Maybe the way of force, like Peter taking his sword and striking the high priest's servant's ear in the garden. Maybe the way of escape, We'd set up a new society in which only the initiated could take part and maybe withdraw to the desert like the Ascends did. Maybe the way of rulership in which only believers could hold positions of responsibility and government in the nation. Yet God's way is often to take brokenness, suffering and death and through it bring new life, new opportunity. Resurrection is earthy, isn't it? It's full of mystery and it appears right in the middle of mess. His appearance, as we've said, was unexpected, probably in many ways shocking. And no doubt amidst the joy that was starting to rise up in their hearts as they realised it really was Jesus here in their midst, no doubt all other kinds of emotions were also going off. I think this text really challenges us as we look at this lockdown. What's our desire? Is it simply to turn the clock back, to see history unfold as we had expected it to? Well, do you know what? If I'm honest, in some ways, yes. In some ways, I'd love to turn the clock back. I'd love to be able to do all the things I plan to do. I'd love to be able to interact in the way we used to be able to interact. And maybe we will see a good degree of that. But resurrection isn't simply about turning the clock back. And maybe we should be more focused on looking for resurrection. In John's Gospel, in this passage, in this chapter, resurrection sets the disciples up for life without Jesus. Well, certainly without Jesus in the flesh, which of course is vital for us to comprehend what's going on here, because we don't have Jesus in the flesh. And so this passage is incredibly powerful for us as believers in the 21st century. Resurrection is not rewind. It's something new. It's something different. It's filled with opportunity and new life. It may draw on the past, but it takes it to a whole new place. Here in John's Gospel, resurrection ushers in a whole new era. The beginning of our section, it says, on the evening of the first day of the week. In fact, the chapter begins with early on the first day of the week. For John, who writes with all kinds of symbolism, we're supposed to note this. 
The first day of the week being repeated by John so that we really see it is setting us up for a new time. A time in which resurrection is being revealed. This is a new era being ushered in. This is climactic. This is not a return to earlier time for John, but is the beginning of a whole new era. And as the disciples were in their self-inflicted lockdown, were they expecting this? It seems not, despite Jesus telling them beforehand. So what about us then in lockdown? Our expectations as we come out. What will life look like? How will the church function? How will work be carried out? How will we witness and see God's kingdom come? We don't know the answers to all of these questions and we don't like it and I don't like all of that. I wish I knew. But we have to trust that resurrection will produce those opportunities, will give us new life and new vigour and will enable the kingdom of God to come in new ways. And this resurrection account in John's Gospel can inform our expectation in at least a couple of ways. Firstly, we live as those knowing that resurrection has taken place for one man, that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. In the overarching story of God and humanity, that is massive. We know that death has been defeated. There is an eternal hope. There is a future. There is a destiny. And we can live in this COVID stroke, post-COVID situation, knowing that, in hope of that, in light of that first resurrection, knowing that that resurrection will also become ours in years to come. Gives us perspective over the things that would make us fearful, the things that would hold us back, the things that would limit us. Secondly, we know how resurrection works as we look at this passage. We see that resurrection comes into the messiness of suffering, of death, of crying, comes into that earthy reality, that reality that actually is often full of incredible pain as this period has been for many. A reality that's filled with suffering and frustration. But in the midst of it, resurrection comes. And so we draw from this story and encourage one another. Let's look for those signs of resurrection in this mess. And we've seen some signs that point that way, haven't we? We've probably come across the statistics that say how many Bibles have been sold over this period, the increased um, selling of Bibles. We've probably heard of the interest in prayer and the interest in online church services and maybe some of you watching today are some of those who perhaps weren't regularly attending a church but have been drawn to prayer and drawn to seek out something more in life and want to connect with God in some way. Well fantastic and welcome to you if that's you. I've been running a Sunday night weekly prayer gathering and uh, been astounded at the people connecting in. Many dear friends from the running community who I love and have got to know over recent years. Other people who I've interacted with many years ago who've found me online and are connecting into the prayer. There's something stirring in our hearts that says we want to see life come through this mess and there is life. There's a God is present, God is here and somehow we want to connect with him. And again, I say, if that's you, keep searching after him. Keep, keep trying to find out about him. Email in, communicate. Let us help you on that journey towards God. This episode in John, then, for him, can be nothing less than this kind of new creation moment. 
in which death has been defeated and victory has been guaranteed. And maybe, just maybe, this is a new creative moment for us. Not the same as when Jesus was resurrected. It doesn't carry that same kind of emphasis. But drawing from that first resurrection, drawing from all that comes through the resurrected Christ and letting that resurrection life work into the world all over again, work in its life and power. Because God constantly wants to renew. God constantly wants to recreate. God constantly wants to pour out life. And maybe this is an opportunity for that resurrection life that we see and many of us have encountered in Jesus to burst forth again in all kinds of ways. I pray so. As Jesus appears to these disciples, what does he say? Twice he declares peace to the disciples. For them perhaps say, fulfilment of what he had said to them in chapter 16 of John's gospel where he said your grief will be turned into joy and that they would have peace in him here he is now saying peace to you peace to you it's Jesus giving the peace the shalom peace of eternal life with God now tasting that future that they will enjoy with God one day when everything is peaceful and harmony is present and saying taste that now here's a foretaste of that peace Peace is a sign of new creation. Think of many of those Old Testament scriptures that speak of that peace when the lion lies with the lamb. When spears are turned into pruning hooks. When each person will sit under their own fig tree, which is a a vision of the end when all will be well. Strife will have ended. Here Jesus takes that peace and says, taste it now in this day, in this mess, in this circumstance. When we encounter resurrection, when our eyes are open to see the resurrected Jesus, to believe in him, to encounter him, one of the fruits is peace. It's true, isn't it, in the turmoil of life, experiencing salvation in the resurrected one suddenly gives peace. It puts things in perspective. We start to live in light of an eternal future, guaranteed and tasted in the present. I read an incredible article the other day about the protests, ongoing protests in Hong Kong and how the embracing of one's mortality by believers in that place has defeated death or the threat of death as a weapon against them and was enabling them as protesters to take their stand and to protect others. In a sense, being willing to lay their lives down or put their lives on the line that embodied something of the crucified Christ. Because they had such a belief then in their eternal destiny with God that they could put their lives on the line. Incredibly powerful story. And Jesus is still the peace giver. Maybe today we're in fear. Maybe we're full of anxiety. We can look to Jesus and ask and receive peace. And maybe he says to you right now, peace to you. Peace to you. And I pray that your eyes would see this resurrected one who ushers in peace in the midst of mess. May our confusion, albeit we don't have all the answers, suddenly be transformed into peace. May we see everything in a new light in Christ. And so Jesus gives them peace, but not only does he give them peace, He comes and sends them. He says, as the Father sent me, so I send you. 
There's still stuff to do, even in the mess of having watched Jesus die for these disciples, of not knowing what's going on, of being locked in a room, in lockdown, self-imposed, not knowing if they came out of the room, they'd be carted off and crucified or killed themselves or imprisoned. And of course, in their lifetimes, eventually, well, in their lifetimes, (laughs) eventually some of them were killed. In that situation, there's still a job to be done. In their disillusionment, in their confusion, in their fear, he speaks peace and sends them. They don't know, as I've said, what life will be like. They don't know how will it have changed for them. They're sent into the unknown. And that's so true for us, isn't it? What will life be like? And yet it's not time to sit back and to hide away. But it's time to receive the peace of the Spirit and to be sent by Jesus to continue his work. And he sends them by the power of the Spirit as he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. All that Jesus had promised them earlier in John's Gospel about the sending of the Spirit who would come alongside, who would lead them into all truth, who would remind them of all that Jesus had said, who would fill them with life eternal, who would cause living waters to flow from within them. Now in their presence he breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father sent me, I send you, and he breathed on them. We carry on the work of Jesus, even as he was sent by the Father, and he now sends us, and we carry that on in the power of the Spirit. So this day, maybe in your fear and anxiety, maybe in your confusion, maybe in your not knowing, how on earth do I continue the work of Christ? Receive the Holy Spirit. May you encounter the Spirit of Jesus again, empowering you, emboldening you, giving you insight, giving you courage and giving you great peace. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we thank you. You don't leave us on our own, but you have given us of your Spirit and you've given us of your peace. I pray for all those watching, maybe at this moment or who will watch later on, I pray that you would right now Pour your peace where that is needed upon them. I say in the name of Jesus, peace to you. Peace to you. And I pray along with that peace, Lord Jesus, that we would receive again that commission of yours to continue your work of loving people, of showing them your ways, of sharing with them the life that we found in you, the resurrected Christ. Send us to do that work, I pray, and empower us by your Spirit. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you come and minister to each one? Would you fill us afresh, whether we've known you before or have never known you? Would you come right now, Holy Spirit, and fill us afresh and let us encounter the life and the presence of Jesus Christ? Ask these things, Lord Jesus, in your name and for your glory. Amen. God bless you. I hope that's been encouraging to you. If you want to ask any questions about that, please do communicate into the uh, details that are posted on the broadcast. And uh, yeah, let's keep going. God bless.